Like he's such a nice guy. And I was like telling him like, look, all he's gonna do is like he's gonna like bat down this guy and throw like these weird like super kicks and stuff. And sure enough, like that's what he was doing. And then like when he won the fight, like he was like, oh, I just want to thank everybody and da 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 da, and thank my personal Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I want to thank you, Joe Rogan. And like he was just such a nice guy or whatever, and like yeah. it was just so like over the top. And she was like, wow, that's funny. Because, like, every time you see him, like, they're always, like, saying, fuck you, I need a fucking number one title shot or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's just what he's known for. He's just, like, this really, like, humble, nice guy. Like, yeah. And then, like, every other fight after that, like, there was this fighter, like, who looked exactly like Ricky Martin. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, I really wanted to talk about him. Like, I was like, for his intro, his intro song, he should have came out to fucking live with La Vida Loco. Like, that's, like, how much he looked like fucking Ricky Martin. Dude, shit. we got to use that as an intro song. One yeah. Yeah. Living La Vida Loca? Yeah. Damn. I'm telling you, man. We should just do, like, a whole month of fucking, like, fucking Ricky Martin songs and shit. <laughs> well, he only has, like, three songs. <laughs> I, I guess we could, like, La Vida yep. Loca, the one he did for the World Cup. And then she bangs? Bum, bum, she bum. Oh, yeah, she bangs. She and then, like, a Menudo song. We should do a... We should just throw, like, Enrique Iglesias' song in there just to fuck with you. <laughs> Dude, Enrique Iglesias does have, like, a fucking song that I can't stand, like... Which one? I don't know, like... No, it's not by Lamos. I actually like that song. Yeah, that's a good song. But, like, his new one he had... No, that's fucking Mark Anthony. I'm sorry. Oh. Mark Anthony has some, like, weird song that I can't stand. Like, when Perlo's, like, cleaning the house, like, it comes on, I was like, please, please push, like, like, thumbs down on your Pandora. I cannot stand this song. Mark Anthony? Yeah. I know he had, like, a popular song... In that whole like Latin explosion era, but I don't remember what it was. He was like the least least popular. Yeah, yeah. Latin he looked explosion. like a gremlin too. Yeah. And I don't know how he got Jennifer Lopez pregnant. I don't know. Like, it must have been a. Dark... Are they still together? They're not together. No, she's like dating like a Rod or somebody now. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. But anyways, everybody, welcome to episode twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Mark Anthony, welcome to episode twenty. Um, this episode was originally supposed to be a UFC episode. Um, but uh, one of our guests wasn't able to make it, so we ended up talking about guns. So, um, you got anything on that? That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Oh, anyways, so um, yeah, thank you everybody that's been listening. Um, I just want to shout out everybody that's uh, every week, you know, gives me feedback. Um, one of our biggest listeners, um, Alex Lozano. I want to shout you out. Thank you every for listening to all those. And then um, this one podcast actually gave us a shout out uh, on his podcast today. I want to shout him out. Um, the Not So Crazy Podcast of Blizzard, The Wizard, and Eli. <laughs> they, that good is guys, a, man. Good guys. Dude, that, that's a crazy <laughs> podcast, but thank you uh, for shouting us out. So um, continue to like and share on iTunes and uh, listen. I, yeah. What are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, i got to check out their podcast now because... I've never heard of them. It's like it's like doing ecstasy. They sound handsome as fuck, though. Yeah. Well, he does have like a MySpace picture, like or a Facebook picture, like with the shirt off, and like he's got like. That's how I was imagining him without a shirt. Yeah. Like Mark Anthony. Yeah, I I imagine it's Mark Anthony without a shirt, and like the bottom half of his body is a like a horse. (laughs) He's like a minotaur. Yeah. Or whatever that creature is. Yeah. Well, with that said, everybody enjoy the show. So a lot of times people are like, here, three centimeters, 
kind of pushing it there. You know, you don't, you never want to get to the point where it's metal to metal. Like, eh, I'm fine. And it's like, oh, you're not really falling. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. It's scary because you'll see people, those same people, be like, okay, and then they put their kids in their car and then they drive off. And oh it's wow. Like, like I, I, it's, it's crazy. There's people that like they'll come in and you can tell they've been driving on a spare tire for a long time, and it's like I always tell them like first of all, spare tires are basically just supposed to get you to the, the next shop. The, yeah, the place where you're gonna get your tire fixed. And I always tell them like you can't drive on this more than if you're driving on this more than like two weeks, you're already you're already fucking up because that tire is super thin, and you can't drive higher than like sixty miles per hour on a spare tire. So, like, people are always fucking up. Like, I feel like just safety in general, like, yeah. people are just... Well, it comes down to ignorance, I think. There's ignorance, and then there's... I don't know. <laughs> Americans. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I, well, you said earlier, too, so I... Yeah, when, we can when go you, back to that. When you talked about, like, okay, it goes back to, like, guns, too. Like, we might as well make this episode, like, about gun control or whatever, or just guns in America in general. Because, like, I... Today, like... Yeah. I'm not like too like I'm like sitting here watching the news or whatever like texting you like hey you want to roll through tonight and record you're like yeah like I want to I kind of want to talk about like mass shootings and stuff and like as soon as you sent me that like I saw like that you know more follow up like on that um, church shooting in Texas yeah and then I didn't know this like there was a shooting this morning in Fresno and there was another shooting here in Bakersfield like at a oh. casino at the Golden West Casino yeah the security guard at the Golden West Casino yeah and I just feel like like, and then like after that there was another shooting like somewhere else in like today or whatever and it's just like something happens like all the time so I was like I don't know is that what you want to talk about this week well one of the things that I wanted to talk about was by the way welcome to episode 20 everybody yeah what's up it's 20 <laughs> I thought it was 21 I posted this thing on Instagram saying episode 21 nah it's 20 for sure oh dang I made I'm sure losing. I took my alpha brain today I'm losing oh yeah what's up <laughs> um, yeah I, I want to shout out I want to shout out on it they got a promotion going on right now by the time you hear it, it's probably over but like if you just like send them your email they'll send you a free bottle of uh, alpha brain and it's pretty cool like it's like no caffeine or anything like that but it'll have you feeling like you just drank a whole pot of coffee yeah so I mean hopefully I don't get cancer or anything but shout out to Onnit yeah what's up <laughs> I'm trying to get whatever sponsorship man yeah it doesn't even matter at this point but um yeah anyways the thing that I wanted to, to touch on was um when when I when that news broke so I did a bunch of shit this morning and I went to Wind Wolves which is like this like like hiking reserve is like mother nature at its best whatever yeah. and the weather was beautiful so I was like alright cool and then I came into town and I watched the new Thor movie with my niece and my brother-in-law what do you think about that? I loved it it was hilarious dude I thought that movie like cause I was reading all the reviews like and it got like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and like a lot of like Steve from the New York Times said this is the best Marvel movie ever and I was like I don't know the last Thor was kind of weak and this is kind of the weakest like Marvel character yeah. and I went in it came out it, it up there is like one of my favorite like Marvel movies okay one of the things I didn't know about this my brother-in-law was telling me about it um the guy that directed this is the guy that directed like early Flight of the Concords I don't know if you know Flight of the Concords oh yeah yeah the comedy group or whatever when they had their TV show he's the guy that like originally was one of the writers and directors of that show I can kind of tell now and you know the that rock character the one that's like a goofy like oh yeah there's like oh he's been dead for a while like and he has like that funny voice yeah that's him that's the director he played that actor oh wow so yeah that was him the whole time so like I was like man that guy has really good comedic timing I, I couldn't put my thumb on it but I was like oh it kind of all makes sense now why this one's like 
So it was. I wouldn't say it was like heavily relying on comedy, but it reminded me a lot of the first um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Yeah, where I was like, the story's good. It's like a decent story, but the comedy like kept you interested the entire way through. Because Thor is such a boring character. Like <laughs> it's just like this magic. Like he's basically just like meat eye candy for fucking women or whatever. Yeah, he's the Superman of the Marvel universe. Basically, and it's just like that's why when you watch the DC movies of superman like they're not like that great but like the comedy like that's what sent it over like and it gives like thor an actual personality makes you care what happens to him makes you care what happens to like um asgard or whatever yeah and it kind of solved two two things at the same time where like they can't really make a hulk movie anymore because like i think hulk is the weakest character because like the minute he turns into the hulk you can't really do story development anymore yeah and so it kind of solved that issue where it's like, eh, we'll just do a Hulk slash Thor movie. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. And it's funny. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Go watch it, everybody. Yeah. Well, anyways, in the middle of that, my sister sends me, like, we have a family group text message, and she sent me, like, hey, there were just a mass shooting in San Antonio. And she said, she didn't say, it actually happened, like, a little bit south of San Antonio. I think, no, I think they said, like, 30 miles east. Oh, 30 miles east? Yeah. It's somewhere, like, outside, though, of San Antonio. Yeah. I actually don't really know what town it, it was in. I think it's Summerlin or something like Summerlin? that. Summerlin? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was just like, man, that's that sucks. Because, like, everything, like, those towns, like, that are kind of in the outskirts. Like, I lived in, I lived in Kirby, which is, Kirby is, like, slightly outside of San Antonio, which is kind of, like, a town that was swallowed up by San Antonio. Like, now San Antonio is, is... Like, Kirby is part of San Antonio now. Kind of like L.A., like, all those little cities, like, yeah. now they're just L.A. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that's how they, they feel about it, too. Like, you know, Burbank yeah. is kind of technically L.A. Like, th- that's kind of how it is there, too. So, I lived in Kirby, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that place is, like, technically San Antonio. Because you said San Antonio is basically like a bullseye that just keeps growing. Oh, yeah, it just keeps growing and growing out yeah. in a circle. So, like, when I heard that, I was like, man, that's fucking, like, terrifying as fuck. And then, I, and then like... That sucks, because that's a place that I'm really familiar with, and, like, and then the next thing I got was, uh, like, the Spurs tweeted out this thing, because they were hosting the Phoenix Suns tonight, and, um, and they tweeted a thing out where they were gonna, like, the Phoenix Suns and the San Antonio Spurs were gonna, like, have a tribute to, like, everyone that was killed in the, in the, in the shooting today, and I was just like, man, this is, this is really tragic, like, it just, like, like, unless it happened here in Bakersfield, like, I never felt one where I'm, like, that was pretty close. Like, the team that I root for is, like, doing a thing. And then San Antonio is not, like, L.A. where it's huge. Like, San Antonio feels very, like, mom and pop kind of. Kind of. There's a weird vibe there where it's, like, it doesn't feel like a big city even though it is a big city. It's, like, the seventh biggest city in the United States or something like that. Well, Texas-wise, yeah, it's a big city. Yeah, I think. and it's, like, it's... It's pretty. It, it just felt really strange. I remember, like, I, I told my mom actually right after I got out of watching Thor with my niece and my brother-in-law, I went to go pick up my mom from church, which is weird. And then I, on the drive home, I was telling my mom like there was a shooting in San Antonio, and she was just like, "Where?" And I was like, "At a church." And then she was just like, "Man, that's so weird." And like, I, I thought like the whole thing about it was really strange. And then. Um, you know, we were just, what, like, 30 days removed from, like, the Vegas Almost exactly, shooting. yeah. Like, it's just, like... And then, not even that long ago... Didn't... Wasn't there just another shooting, like... Oh, here? N- no. I could have sworn there was, like, another... You know what, though? I've seen, I seen a statistic or whatever, like, you know, you know, this happened 
today, like it was like right after the Las Vegas shooting, like 53 people died. And it said, you know, since that shooting, it was like a week later, there's been, you know, 225 people that have died, you know, due to shooting deaths or whatever. Yeah. And it's something that just happens more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. And actually, that's what I wanted to touch on more than anything else. Because I felt that, like right away I went online. Like right away I was like, my question that I typed in online was, um, I wanted to see what other people thought of why this was happening. Like, because when I was younger, when you were younger, the first time I ever really encountered a mass shooting was Columbine. Columbine, yeah. And that was in 99. And so, like, everything before that, I think, like, the biggest mass shooting was that shooting that happened in, like, a school in Dallas where the dude was just sniping people oh, yeah, from the yeah. tower. And and even that, that was, like, in the 60s. Yeah. So, like, from 60s to 99, there really weren't that many mass shootings. You know, there were terrorist attacks and things like that. But not really mass shootings. Um and then 99, when that happened, that was such a big deal. Like, Michael Moore made a movie about it. It was in theaters. Like, it was a huge thing because it was so uncommon. And then, you know, 9-11 happened. And I, 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 as I was doing, like, my little research for this podcast or whatever, because I didn't know really what we were going to talk about. I thought it was going to be a UFC podcast. Yeah, I was like, because I thought we were going to have um, Jesus on here. And yeah. I was like, oh, we'll just touch on this and, like... But then, I, I, like, as I did more research on this, I was just like, I feel like this isn't just, like, gun control issue. Not that, that that's not a part of the pie. I feel like that's a part of the pie. Mm-hmm. But I think another part of it is that this definitely has to become, like, a mental, mental health. health. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that because when we were after we got done with the Las Vegas shooting one with Jesus, like, I, you know, kind of dived into it a lot because like you said like with san antonio like it hits you close to home vegas i had almost spent like two three weeks out there like two months ago yeah and like you know i go to vegas a lot like after la like that's the city i visit the most so it's just like all these places like mandalay bay luxor you know that little lot that that was at like i'm very familiar with that area so it hits you home so you do all this like you know you know binge you know research and you you see like all, all these things that are out there, you know, where it's like, why are people doing this? You know, like what causes people to, you know, just snap like this? And, so, you know, I was, I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan and he said the exact same thing. You know, it's not a gun control issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People have owned guns since the birth of this nation or whatever. And he goes, what we really need to look at. And I think I posted it to our Facebook too, like um, on this. Um, it's it's a mental health issue like what people are being like we were talking about with the vehicles earlier like you know what what is causing you to you know your your brakes are about to you know go metal to metal you know that's a fucking you know safety hazard you can kill all your children in your car and the next person in front of you Uh, what's causing you to have this lapse in cognitive 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 thinking you know and what causes these people to go into a church you know, this is not even the first time someone has shot up a church. You know? Yeah. Is it because of hate? It, you know, what is their motive? You know, is it, you know, uh, were they really pissed off at, you know, something that happened at the church? And even if you were, you know, that's not no reason to go in. There's something mentally wrong with you. And somebody posted, because, you know, whenever you watch those Facebook videos, like, there's always, like, a response after that, like, you know, that's, that counters it. And they're like, well... Most people that have done mass shootings, you know, they, they, they can't make any connection to, you know, 
you know any kind of mental illness like even the guy that did the las vegas shooting they're like well there was no signs of any kind of mental illness in his family or whatever but i was like well there is like something that had to have snapped in your brain you know just up until recently you know the nfl you know and the concussions and you know stuff like that was yeah you know like all this stuff like is just barely coming out after years and the nfl knew about it you know for decades but did nothing about it and then you have people like junior seah who commit suicide all out of the blue and it's because something in your brain happens and whatever it is they haven't found out about it yet or they haven't you know nailed it down yeah, um, the funny thing, like, you mentioning that, there's, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a show on Netflix called Mindhunter, directed by David Fincher. Oh, yeah. David I love the show. And the funny thing about that show is that it it introduces the FBI to the concept of serial killers, which before that, they had no idea how to qualify that. And they originally started calling it sequence killers. And then they were like, well, this guy killed eight women in one night but he was just kind of like in a drunken rage can we really call him a serial killer so the, you know the, one of the things that i think that we're kind of overlooking is that we're not evaluating mental health like no correctly at this point because there's definitely a new element if you look at like in the 1970s late 60s to early 70s there was a huge spike in in um in serial killers and like you know that's when you get a lot of the most famous serial killers you know like the, the summer sam and like the, mm-hmm. you know that guy and the manson, the family. manson family and ted bundy and the jeffrey Dahmer. like there's this huge spike in serial killers around that time period and now it's like almost an all-time low in serial killers but you have this new like phenomenon phenomenon of mass mass shootings which is almost different it's completely different actually than a serial killer in the sense that a serial killer would mostly be like sexual frustration that doesn't really like that doesn't really go anywhere it turns into like a violent rage type of scenario most serial killers get put into that box where like they'll check those boxes oh yeah we for, touched on that yeah, like what makes a serial yeah, killer they kill, chill, they'll kill like if they have sexual frustration where they're like a homosexual like Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. or like Ted Bundy have like the choking thing where, like, and so a lot of that goes into that I feel like, and this is not, I'm not a doctor. I'm, no. I don't have any type of, like, any, like, medical background. But I I do feel that we do live in an era now where technology has played such a big role in, like, children's development and, like, and just human development in general where we are becoming way too desensitized by by violence in a sense that we don't know how to process emotions anymore. I, I feel like people don't know how to process emotions that well anymore. And I don't mean that like, oh, I'm blaming this on like a Marilyn Manson or violent video games. Call of Duty or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not blaming that at all. I'm blaming it more on the fact that like we care too much now to the point where like we don't know, we don't even know how to process that. Like everything, everything is like based on like this, like drive to be like facebook famous almost yes and i i almost feel like you know we care too much about stupid shit and i feel like that's starting to become We're too distracted yeah and i feel like like one of the things one of the most the the one that that's like embodies everything that i'm talking about is the virginia tech kid and that's the one that like i really like really like struck me as 
the the blueprint to these like mass shooters of this kid who was not very popular in real life who the internet was a big deal for him a lot of these people have a big social media life and not a very interesting real life life and it'd be interesting like the guy that shot up the church you know yeah. today to see that like what he was like because i sent you the picture right before you came yeah. you know and you look kind of like you know like that kid that you know just you know troll basically all day online i mean this is just an mm-hmm. assumption from a picture but like you're, you're right about that like it's those people that you know are social outcasts yeah. even on social media you know that would do that the funny thing is like you sent me that and like probably an hour before that someone posted this thing that i guess like a couple of weeks ago he posted a picture of the gun that he took into the oh thing, yeah and he said something like uh, like my baby something like that like that and so like you could tell like the internet is definitely like at the forefront of what they consider reality yeah and I feel like that is the thing that's become the strange thing strange thing to me like I think people have lost has, have lost touch with reality yeah. and I feel like that's something that a smarter person than myself needs to investigate like that's that's the big issue like I feel like we're at a like this over caring about social media is like it's a complete sickness like and i feel like people i feel like most people like even myself included like you know i was just looking at my snapchat from yesterday and i was like ah, i posted a picture of like the wines that i was drinking and i posted yeah. like and it's like why why the fuck do i like it I got to the point where, like, when I saw that, the shooting today, like, it almost made me, like, rethink, like, maybe I should get rid of my social medias. Because I'm just as guilty as, like, 99% of the population. Well, I think everybody is, and, you know, me included, you know. Sometimes it's the perfect escape from reality. Like, if there's a hard day at work or perfect example is when the Dodgers lost the fucking World Series. Like, it fucking broke my heart. And I just wanted, like, that instant gratification. Uh I wanted, you know, to be distracted, you know, from reality at that moment. The Dodgers losing the World Series, in in hindsight, is not that big of a deal. But it hit me hard to the point where I was like, I almost wanted to call out from work. Yeah. And it's just like, I know two things are going to happen if I got on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. I'm going to see some dumb videos. I'm going to laugh. Or I can sulk with other fellow Dodger fans, you know, where we can just be like, you know what, this needs to happen. And you can kind of work out your demons or whatever. Yeah. And you bringing that into uh, to light, these people, you know, that commit these mass shootings. Um, you know, let's take Columbine, for example. You know, mm-hmm. these, they're these outcasts or whatever. And it doesn't even have to be social media. It's just like they find these things to cling on to, um, to distract them from their inner pain. You know, and the the guy that did this, the, the Las Vegas shooting as well, like... You know, I don't think you know he had like any kind of social media presence at all. Yeah. So I think he's with, he's interesting in a completely different. And way. I know there's a lot of like conspiracy theories, and I think they're all bullshit. And that's why yeah. I wanted to touch with Jesus, and I know we will eventually again to address a lot of those like conspiracy theories because I think a lot of them are bullshit. But um, with him too, like I think there was an inner pain as well. And I'm not saying like I'm an X Men like or whatever, or I went to the <laughs> Doctor Xavier School for yeah. gifted children, but I do believe that I can see into people. Like we were talking earlier, like how, you know, about your work or whatever. And I won't get into that story, but I kind of feel like I have like I guess that gift where I can see into people. I can see like what they're about, or you know, if they're a good person or a bad person, or if they're yeah. hurting, or if they have they want to say something. If you know and. With him, like, every time I saw I saw a picture of that guy, 
Like, I can always see, like, there's some kind of inner struggle right there. You know, he had been divorced. You know, he was basically a multimillionaire, but, like, lived this relatively quiet, like, life that didn't mean anything. And I think us as humans, we want to matter. We want to be validated. We want to be known for something. We want to know that we didn't live this life in vain. And you can connect all of those dots with, like, those kids in Columbine. They were, they were fucking outcasts, you know, but they had each other. They had the music that they listened to. And that wasn't the reason why they did the, these things, the, because they listened to Rammstein and fucking Marilyn Manson and, yeah. like, to play Doom or whatever. No, that wasn't the reason why, but they placed all these values into these things because that's what made them cool in each other's eyes, you know. And they wanted to matter. You know, they wanted those things to matter. That, hey, and in some sick and twisted way, perverted way, even with the guy that did the Las Vegas shooting, like, everything that they did, everything that they were about didn't matter unless they took it up a notch, you know? Yeah. Do you, I hope I articulated that well, but, like, that's what I see when I see all these mass shootings. Like, even that the, this that one kid that shot up that black church a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. like, even him, like, he just, you can tell, like, he wanted to do something that would be talked about, that he would be remembered for. Um, who, another person that did it, too... Um, the Sandy Hook kid, you know, yeah. the same thing. Like it was, it wasn't about anything else. Well, the Sandy Hook kid was like suffering from autism. He had like, I think he had either autism or Asperger's. Asperger's. Yeah, so he definitely had a mental health issue there. Like, there's a lot of things like that one. I feel like you know, but usually when you have something like that, like if you have like autism or Asperger's or something like that, and I'm not. I probably shouldn't say this, but like some a lot of times, you know, I deal with a lot of disabled people, you know, at my job, and a lot of times they have like you know connecting disabilities, you know, to this. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe like this mass shooter syndrome or whatever, like yeah. that might be something that's connected to other mental illnesses, or that might be their primary mental illness that just hasn't been labeled yet. Yeah. And so for me, when I see these videos online saying there's mass shootings have nothing to do with mental illness, I'm like I I disagree. I really think that it's a, such a new thing, like you said, it's a new phenomenon that just has not been medically labeled yet. Yeah, I, I that's one of the things that I really want to touch upon, and I kind of already did, but yeah, I don't think it's been labeled. The way serial killers weren't labeled, we just deemed them as like, oh, they're just like sick mm-hmm. fucks, you know, like, you know, like now we have a whole profile on how to catch a serial killer, how to identify children stop yeah you know children that are showing those tendencies of hurting small animals and like you know now there's like now there's a blueprint on how to how to identify like a sociopath or something like that we don't have a blueprint for for this at all because it hasn't been studied and i feel like right now we're just kind of sweeping it under the rug Mm. and we're just saying we just need better gun laws and which we which we do i do think we we need better gun laws in the sense that the way people need to be better at managing their cars because they're deadly as fuck and people die in car accidents every the day. Like, every day. There's there's more car... People die of car accidents more than almost anything else in the United States. People just need to be better at that. They need to practice safety with their cars. Um, same thing with that. People need to practice safety with their guns. And that I do believe, but I don't believe that that alone will stop mass shootings. I think that we need to identify the mental health thing that's triggering these things because this is definitely... Because, you know, in 1995, 
We had relaxed gun laws as well, but we didn't have mass shootings every other fucking weekend mm-hmm. the way we do now. And I feel like that's the thing that we need to change. In 1995, we didn't. I didn't know what Jacob was doing every fucking five minutes because I could just check his Snapchat or his Instagram no, or yeah. his Facebook or his Twitter or whatever the fuck. Like now we're o- like just overstimulated with all this information. You know, like I feel like now we're at an age where like like. If you break up with someone, you either gotta delete them off your Facebook or delete them off everything, because you'll never get over that person because of that. And so I can imagine a teenage, a, a teenage boy, or a teenage kid in in college, or, or you know, someone in college like the Virginia Tech kid who just had these like didn't really feel accepted in life. And I could see like being bombarded with like images of Facebook, like people that are doing better than he is, that are prettier, or more accepted. And you know, in college you. That's the time period where you want to, like... Socially accept You want to go to parties, you want to fuck girls, or whatever it is, you know, like... Um, and if you're not part of that, if you're kind of, like, the the nerdy Asian kid or something like that, and you, and you feel excluded from that, I feel like, you know, the sickness really is this, like, over-caring about the bullshit aspects of life. Yeah. And that's something that wasn't there in 1995, or doesn't... wasn't... was kind of starting to peak in 1999 where like the internet started becoming a thing and as as time has progressed you know we're now in 2017 we're like we're at the highest level of like every fucking meal you eat is being broadcast to the world now you know you have a you know your eggs benedict is there every morning and now it's like oh man i can't afford eggs benedict every morning yeah i feel shitty about my life now like Ah oh, man, that guy has a prettier girlfriend than me. Ah, whatever. You know, like now it's like you can't help but to feel like down about your life. You know, like you'll never be Kanye West. You'll never like you know. I feel like that's an aspect of 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 life that's doesn't really affect me because like I'm an old ass dude now. But if, <laughs> but if I were you know if I were like 13 years old, yeah, and I went to high school every day and I wasn't doing you know. If, if I were the same kid, just myself in general, you know, myself at 13, now with this, like, over... Because I didn't really have a social media in high school. There really wasn't any. It was MySpace, was, but it was still, like, in its infancy. Like, yeah, like... You spent more time, like, fixing up your MySpace than actually, like, posting pictures or anything like that. Yeah. It was just mostly just, like, yeah, like, oh, I want to be able to play music on, you know, my, my MySpace. Yeah. That's basically all it was. And, like, for us, like, our generation, like, I mean... I was never an outcast, but I never really had a close circle of friends until, like, college, I would say. Yeah. And for me, like, and that was mostly because of how my house structure was. I wasn't allowed to have friends over. I wasn't allowed to go to other people's house. You know, I lived in a single-mom house. So it's just like I never had that opportunity to grow closer to kids. Uh-huh. So my escape was always music, you know. And if, you know, music and movies. And so... If I can see, like, you know, a kid nowadays, you know, they get so consumed with, oh, I want to be just like that kid, the star basketball player, the star football player. I, you know, I want to have everything that he has. Oh, man, he has this, he has that, he has this, he has that. And once he finds out that, you know, that's unattainable for him, you know, where he wants, if he has that mental illness, because I think most kids, you know, they'll, they'll latch on to, like, you know, watching Stranger Things season two or whatever, you know, they'll, yeah. they will venture into, like, those things. But, like, somebody with that mental illness, they'll go down that path, you know? And it goes back to that, our serial killer episode where Ted Bundy was trying to blame everything on pornography. Yeah. You know? Well, I think 
Ted Bundy blamed it on whatever you wanted him to blame it on. He yeah. was a total. He was a true sociopath. Like he knew how to read people, and he kind of knew what you wanted. If you were a priest, he was gonna tell his pornography. Oh yeah. If you were the media, to his parents. If it was like you know, he was a sociopath. But my point is, is just like you know, a lot of people want to blame you know, like the Maryland. Like let's go back to uh, Columbine. You know, they yeah. want to blame the Maryland Manson. They want to blame you know Doom or Call of Duty or whatever. Those things are like escapes. You know, I look at them as escapes. Especially if you have like that mental illness, that's your escape or whatever. And then when you find out that you know none of this is real, the only thing that is real yeah. is taking another life. Yeah. And then ninety nine percent of the time, they usually take their own life too, yeah. because they're already so down and out of it that they, you know they just want out. Yeah, I, I definitely like you know I I think back to my high school experience and it wasn't that bad, but oh no, th- there were times where like. I got picked on. I remember, like, some, like, dudes, like, try to take my shoes one time. And I was, like, a nerdy kid, especially, like, my freshman and sophomore year. I was, like, a pretty chubby kid. And, like, my only outlet was, only outlet was like, going home and, like, listening to corn or something like yeah. that. You know, like, getting my anger out that way, you know? Boom. Yeah. I was, like, oh, man. Like, I was so angry. And, like, yeah. And, like, I was listening to, like, Marilyn Manson and stuff like that. And, like, um, I think back at it and I'm like I'm kind of glad I didn't have that shit where like you know the minute I went home I didn't have a way to like view the cool kids Facebooks or something like that like I didn't have anything like that like the girl that I had a crush on in high school I couldn't see what she was up to on the weekends because I couldn't follow her or whatever you know like there was none of that you were just on your own back in back in my day yeah like I hate to say that, but, like, I didn't even... I actually got, like, a cell phone, like, really late in the game. Because I was like, ah, I hated cell phones. Even, like, when cell phones are really common already, I was just like, ah, I'll just get pay-as-you-go shitty phone. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just... I've never been, like, that into technology. Up until, like, really recently where I'm, like... I'm... I don't know. Like, now, now some aspects of technology, like, really interesting. But as a kid, I was not interested at all. And, like... I don't know. I, I see it in other people. I see it in other people a lot. Like, this over-carrying of bullshit. Like, even at work, I'll hear people, like, saying, like, oh, man, I saw you were at a party. You didn't invite me. And I'm like, that's a thing that would never even concern me at all. Like, where I'm like, I don't care. I don't, yeah. I, I don't care about going. Like, but other people do care. Like, other people, there's this over-carrying, and I feel like that has become a sickness in kids. And, and adults. And it's a sickness that it's rooted in just basic... We're always told that we're special, that we, you know, are this great thing or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think where a lot of people with that sickness and mental illness is when they find out that they're not that special. Yeah. And to me, it's just like you got to make yourself special. Like you're not just automatically always going to be special. But like I think that's where they start to turn where it's just like they find out, oh, I'm not this special person. I'm not, you know, this this great flower, you know. Yeah. And then that's when that that sickness seeps in and starts to spread there's a really really good book it's actually like i would say probably my favorite book i've read in a really long time and it's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck by mark manson (laughs) tag him in that i would love to because he reads he loves reading his stupid shit anyways um the whole book is basically based on that concept of you can't give a fuck about things that don't matter like you can't give a fuck about 90% of the things, you know, the things that surround you. 
but that 10%, you got to make sure those are the things that really matter in your life. Like, that's where your family and, like, your loved ones... Is like, that that thing where it's, like, that teacher, he brought a jar in, and he said he put, you know, 10 uh, ping-pong balls in it, and he asked the students, is this jar filled up? And all the students say yes. And then the next day he comes in, and he puts... 10 marbles in there and it fills up the jar and he goes now is this jar filled up and everyone says yes and then story keeps going on where it eventually like he fills it up with sand and then he fills it up with water and he goes he goes the ping pong balls that's what represents the things in life that really matter like your family your job you know your relationships and then you know the marbles or everything else like you know your house your car your bills Mm -hmm. and things like that and then, like, the sand is, like, the little stuff. And then, like, water, you know, is everything else. Basically, all the little things. Yeah. And um, he goes, but if you reverse that, if you try to put the water in first, then the sand. Like, you couldn't fit all those things in there. Yeah. So. Well, that's not Mark Manson. But I, have yeah, seen, I saw that on YouTube or on, like, Facebook. Or some, somebody posted that on Facebook. And I thought that was very true. But um, the, the reason I think Mark Manson is, like, really, like, like when I read that book, I read it right after my dad had passed away, uh-huh. and so like I was really looking for something to like, like make me feel better. I was looking for anything, right? And then I started reading that, and as opposed, I think like the opening thing is like the first thing he says like the first thing you have to understand is that you're not special in any way. Yeah. And so like I was like already like a downer. And he talks about Bukowski like. Um, the, the author and how he was like a drunken mess and he would just like show up drunk to like his poetry readings and like he would just like fuck random women and like he was like broke most of the time because he would spend so much money on his alcohol and then he's like but beside like but if you forget all that this dude was completely honest with himself like he was he knew what he was all about in fact on his gravestone the only thing he wrote was don't try and then <laughs> like he was completely honest with himself and most people have a hard time being honest with themselves and then you know he goes on and there's a lot of things that he talks about and that's a big part of it like the whole like you have to take care of that 10% forget about the 90% because the 90% will drive you insane and he talks about how like back in the day like his grandpa's day like he would be taking care of cows and you know he'd have a shitty day like man I feel like a cow's turd today oh well I better take care of the farm and you just move on. And now, if you have a bad day at work and you go home and you're, like, stuck, like, now you got to floss your cat's teeth and you, like, go on Facebook and you're bombarded with all these, like, oh, man, like, you know, my coworkers out to dinner. Oh, my coworkers at Disneyland. Oh, man, I can't afford that right now. Like, mm-hmm. oh. And you're just bombarded with a million things that make you feel shitty about your life constantly. And, like, if you're not a well-adjusted individual... I could see how that would drive most people insane. Oh, yeah. And, like, to the point of killing someone, unfortunately. (laughs) Or many people. And to go back to the Las Vegas shooter, um, he he had a very successful job. You know, it was, I think, he worked for Lockheed or something like that. Uh He he was great at gambling. But you have all the riches of this world, basically. You have all this stuff that, you know social media or media in general says is great mm-hmm. but he had no kids he had nobody to share this life with yeah. he had a a girlfriend I guess from like uh, Thailand or something yeah, like that which is weird that was like a weird but like it wasn't 
like even when he sent her away like he goes i thought he was sending me away to break up with me and then like later reports came out like he used to treat her like shit and you know they didn't really have like a great relationship or whatever so it's just like it goes back to that like if you have all of this material stuff but inside is empty Mm -hmm. i can see someone committing yeah that crime because it's just like and then he kills himself you know and you know to me it's like it's not a government you know conspiracy or anything like that it's just a a classic case of somebody that has you know it's basically he's like willy wonka rich basically but he has nobody instead of like handing over his riches you know to some orphan kid or whatever he decides something mentally wrong when it inside with him to go out and commit this heinous crime yeah you know mm-hmm. you're right Right. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'd like to see what the statistics are for, like, the United States versus a country like Russia or something where, like, I feel like in Russia, like, people are very, like, blunt about their feelings to the yeah. point where, like, like... It's almost rude. It's very... Like, people there would be considered rude. Like, people in Russia, a day-to-day thing, like, most people have their feelings hurt by a Russian... Yeah, you know, so I'd like to see what the statistics are for like mass shootings there. Even though like I don't agree with a lot of their political views, I'd like <laughs> yeah. to see what their um, what it is, and then just culture like different places that like I just found out like I guess in Alaska they don't really get Wi Fi, <laughs> like that's like a big thing. Like you have to pay like you get like very limited Wi Fi there because it's so like difficult to get internet there wow that, that, i didn't even know this but there's still blockbuster stores in alaska wow it's the only place in the united states where blockbuster like thrives it's still around there wow yeah so <laughs> i just found that out today and i i wasn't even gonna bring that up i just saw it in, like a fancy like little facebook thing that someone posted and i was like oh it's interesting i, I, <laughs> I missed i missed the old like blockbuster store yeah there. and um and not that there's not shootings there, but I could see how, like, you know, if people are, like, not as involved in, like, the bullshit aspects of life, I could see how, like, the things that actually matter would matter more. Not that there's no killers, you know, uh, who's, like, the uh, the Unabomber? Like, the Unabomber is almost the exception to everything I'm saying, because he yeah. was secluded. He hated technology. He was... He was living in a log cabin building bombs basically so like he's the exception to everything i'm saying but i think mental illness is such a it's such a uh, a complex thing that you know when you look at it like can you really put all these things like into categories like i said my job 99 percent of the time is i i deal with disabled people Uh and you know i always look at their diagnostic code and it's these general codes like 2960 or 3880 or whatever and like yeah. you know 5150 like all these things are like you know what's 5150 suicidal suicidal yeah. and you look at all these things and it, you put these people in categories right and that's how they're supposed to be and you see like the general you know behaviors all these people are supposed to act like and stuff and not one person acts the same you know so to me, it's like, I feel like you can't put these people, like, you know, you might be bipolar, but to me, like, there's different levels of bipolar, and there's different, you might also have something else in between, like schizophrenia, you might have something else, like, you might have attachment issues, like, no, no two people's stories are always going to be the same, no two people's, you know, disease or mental illness or state of mind is always going to be the same, yeah. and it's just like, but you're putting them all in this one category, and then saying that, 
you can't be this if you're this or you have to be this if you're this too mm-hmm. so it's like to me it's such a, the mind is such a complex thing like even a person like the Unabomber yeah he might not like technology but he might have the same sickness due to a certain circumstance in yeah. his life you know so I mean yeah the internet but I think that's just something that's coming to light due to the internet you know the sickness might have been around since medieval times or since caveman times or whatever yeah. but it's just being it's just given a new life now a new catalyst because yeah, of the internet of um, this is this is this is something completely foreign to our brains yeah. the fact that we're being this overly stimulated and instantly that needs to be and instantly studied. instantly uh, satisfied yeah. a good example is I was at the gym this morning and this older guy comes up to me and goes, hey, man, do you know when the Raiders play today? And I was like, I don't know, but let me look. And he was like, man, that's amazing. You can just do that. Like, pull that up right now. Yeah. Like, He goes, I was about to – and they played, like, later tonight. And it was, like, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. And he was just like, man, like, I was getting ready to just leave the gym just to go, you know, look at my TV guide to see, like, when the Raiders play. You know, I didn't want to stop yeah. my workout. But then again, I didn't want to, you know, not miss the Raiders game. And I was like, oh, relax, man. Take your time. You got the rest of your day to, you know, watch that game. Yeah. And it's just like – my whole point is we're so instantly, you know, satisfied or, you know, stimulated, you know, yeah. now that, I mean, our brain our brain is just getting used to that. Going back to our, back in our days, you know, like when we wanted to listen to a song, um, we either had to go to a store, you know, get in our cars or have our mom or dad, like, drive us to the music store and either buy us the CD single or the whole CD. Yeah. And now you can just download the song. You can just yeah. go on, you can just go on the YouTube app and listen to it right then and there. Yeah you know while you're taking a poop you know it's just like that whole process of buying a cd putting it in the cd player waiting for it to you know play you know to your song or even like a vinyl record you know you yeah. couldn't even skip a song you have to listen to the whole thing or fast forward it that's actually one of the things i really love about vinyl where it's like it's not like a cd that you just hit fast forward mm-hmm. it's like you have to buy the vinyls that you love because you have to listen to it straight whether you love it or not you have to listen to it from start to finish mm-hmm. and that goes into my point i'm trying to make is People now are so impatient, you know, mm-hmm. for things to work out, you know, like this dark period in these people's lives, you know, they're not, because, you know, they're not getting that instant, you know, gratification of, you know, things just working out right away within seconds, you know, mm-hmm. they're starting to take things into their own hands maybe because, uh, you know, like me, like when I talk about my dark period in life, I just had to wait till that shit like rolled out, you know, yeah. until things just worked out, you know. Whereas some people like that are addicted to you know that instant gratification might have you know gone a different direction with it and you know may have done something like this like you know that church shooting or something like that because you know they don't have that what, what I don't know what the word I'm looking for here but is you know just didn't have that you know mental patience to yeah. like let this. Uh, I think season right out I think that's more of like the coping skills and the patience and like I don't know if this is like a new version of like ADHD or whatever you know where like kids can't sit still because like everything needs to move mm-hmm. faster faster like like you know I feel like this is almost like an emotional ADHD 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 sorry like it's almost like which is a mental thing though too yeah know? and, and I, I feel like I really think that this is just something that hasn't been studied yet. No, I yeah, I feel totally. like, you know, 30 years from now or something like that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's what we were encountering. Like, he, the human brain can't handle that 
overstimulation. Like, I'm pretty sure we're at that point where we're just way too bombarded. Like, everywhere you look, like right now, just looking at, at, at you have a computer screen in front of you, I have my phone right next to me, there's a TV right there. There's so many, like, methods of getting information right now that we're just, like, so bombarded. Like, we can't escape it at this point. Like, like, and it's not like, I'm not saying everyone should just, like, go live in a log cabin right now and get no. away from it all. Because that's unrealistic. But at the same time, like, I do think that the human brain needs that time period where you just gotta unplug. You just, you know, like, go take a shower or go read a book. Go, like, go for a two-hour walk or something, you know? Like, you just gotta get away from it. Yeah. And I, I feel like we don't have that anymore. Like, now we're at a point where it's like, if you, if you went on an hour walk every day... You would be like the weirdo, like why are you doing that? Like, yeah, you know, just people call, call the cops on you. Yeah, so it's like this dude's been walking around my neighborhood for an hour every day. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like that's a that's a to me that's the scary thing that we live in that society now where like nobody wants to decompress anymore. Like nobody has that. Well, that, that guy's telling method. Like I was telling you earlier, like when the Dodgers lost the World Series, like the first thing I did, I just got on you know social media or whatever. I started looking at other things other distractions or whatever yeah and that's just the day and age we live in right now yeah I, I think you're right I think the only because I remember I mean going back on this a sports tangent I remember when the Lakers lost to the Celtics a couple years ago yeah maybe like 2008 even ten, yeah well no we won in 2008 didn't we no you lost in 2008 okay yeah because I was in San Antonio I okay yeah <laughs> I remember we got blown out by like 40 points or whatever and I remember being so pissed off that you know this is like the myspace era right uh-huh. this is like right when social media was coming out and i was like nobody talk to me right now that's all i posted on myspace and i remember leaving my house and i went and took a like a walk at the bluffs like for like a good two and a half hours just like walking yeah. up and down the bluffs just to, like to blow that steam off no, i mean i think a lot of people don't have that like, yeah like i can't see that now the dodgers okay, fast forward almost 10 years and now like i'm just like laying in bed like fucking going like liking pictures on instagram now yeah I, I, I think we completely, and I don't know if I'm oversharing this, but like, just in like, and I kind of hinted at it earlier, but in like my last relationship, it was like really hard to like, not like, I don't want to say Facebook stock, but like, you're like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Uh, like, I just felt that over like thing where I was like, oh, wait, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I just gotta like, cut yeah, cut it off. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, like, I don't know. And I think that that's kind of where that book kind of like really touched base where it's like, oh, I gotta stop caring about the shit that doesn't matter. Start worrying about it. But I feel like most people don't have that element in them. Most people are like, but let's care. Say, yeah, but let's say you remove those elements. Like going back to that, you know, ping pong ball in the jar issue, like where it says your family. You know, some people might not have, you know, a full family. You know, yeah. they might not have a mom and a dad. Or they might, you know, be raised by, you know, elderly grandparents or the county or state might put you, like, you know, with your aunt that you don't necessarily get along with. Yeah. So it's just those situations can create these mental states as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, well, personally, I, I kind of have advantages than, than most people. That most people don't have someone in their family that has, like, a master's in psychology. Uh-huh. So, like, kind of have that you know, it's fun to talk to my sister about something like that where I'm just like, ah, I'm feeling down. I can't even talk to you about these things. And it's cool because she's like, if anyone's going to be, like, understanding and have, like, a, like someone that kind of guides the conversation to, like, where I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. I got there. Like, you know, it's easy when it's, like, the person I'm having dinner with, my sister, you know. Most people don't have that. And so, like, and, um, 
and not, not just that but I think most people in their life don't have people that just listen I feel like listening skills are an all time low right now like everything is mostly about like let me talk let me talk let me talk yeah and they, it's just, people don't talk and listen they just wait for their turn to talk yeah exactly yeah yeah I, I feel like I think during I don't know if you've seen the movie Pulling for Columbine oh yeah I've seen where it. um like um Michael Moore is going around asking people, like, what would you tell the, the shooters of Columbine? So he goes and he asks, like, the South Park people. He has different people. And they were like, oh, I would tell them, like, you can always call me. Like, you know. Yeah, like, very oh, generic people. things. Yeah, and then, like, he has, like, a priest. And he's like, oh, I'll tell them that they need to find the love of God and all that stuff. When they asked Marilyn Manson, what would you tell them? And he's like, I wouldn't tell them anything. I would just listen to them. And that's what no one else did. And it's true, dude. Like, yeah. no one listens to these people like we live in an era where like listening is dead everything is about my turn to talk my turn to share my opinion on facebook like right away we need to like talk about gun control which i do think is an issue i don't want to just sweep that under the rug but i don't think it's the only issue no it's a it's a it's a social issue yeah and you know i don't know i kind of hinted i kind of hinted i kind of brought that up a little bit Last, where, did we talk about that in a podcast where we talk about how like, the, what's the blonde haired lady that has all that conservative? Kellyanne Conway or no, she, like she. Oh, like, Tommy Lauren. Yeah, and like how like she posts something and then like that other dude from oh, like, Hassan Piker. Yeah, like he rebuttals it and then there's a rebuttal to that and it just becomes like this giant circle jerk of like liberals versus conservatives and it's just like it annoys the shit out of me. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too because I think that's why we have such a great divide in our, our country like where it's like liberals and democrats and conservatives and republicans and then like all this bullshit or whatever is because everybody just wants to tell their side of the story mm-hmm. and then nobody wants to listen to the other side because automatically that other side is their Neanderthals basically. Yeah. You know, you talk to you talk to somebody that's, you know, hardcore, you know, liberal Anybody who's conservative, like, anything automatically comes out of their mouth is, is shit. Yeah. And you listen to a conservative, and they tell you, they, they will tell you, oh, you're just a libertard. You just, you know, yeah. and they'll just automatically stereotype you. And I think that's the biggest problem right now where all of our leaders have kind of failed us, where it's just like they only, I don't want to say all of them, but a lot of them, they just want to push their agenda and you see it right now with Trump, you know, and his administration. They, and he only wants to push his agenda, but we're not listening to the other side. We're not listening to why, you know, people actually voted for Trump, you know. Not everybody that voted for Trump's a racist or a misogynist or, you know, is somebody that marched over at the fucking Charlottesville or whatever. Some of them voted for him because they just hated what happened, you know, the last eight years. You know, it, there was a great distribution of wealth. Yeah. And, you know... No matter who's in office, you know, you're going to blame who's, you know, the head of the state at that time. And, you know, when you're looking at your bank account and you don't have that much money, of course you're going to blame, you know, the guy in charge. Yeah. And when somebody comes along saying change, 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 they're going to go to that other guy or yeah. lady or whatever and, you know, use them as a surrogate, you know. And <clears throat> I think the problem is, is the two candidates that ran you know exactly a year ago nobody was listening to the other other side of things you know uh, Hillary she wasn't listening to the concerns you know that middle class conservative America was spewing out she was only listening to 
you know, the people that agreed with her, you know. Yeah. Going to, you know, only places like California or New York that was going to turn blue anyways. Yeah. And the same thing's going to happen with Trump when he goes up for re-election. And in the midterm elections, a lot of those places that turn red are going to turn back to blue again because the policies and the things that, you know, are happening now, you're ignoring a lot of people. A lot of, the, you know, the DACA you know, a lot of, you know, LGBT people, you know, you're excluding a lot of people. You're not listening to their concerns. You're just pushing over one side's agenda. And I think that is a big issue in this country in general, is just not listening to the other side. Yeah. I or think, finding common ground. I think um, that Hillary versus Trump thing kind of became... Hillary really represented that, like, kind of bougie New York liberal where like cosmopolitan yeah, like they're like wine and cheese parties like I feel like that's what she embodies yeah where it's like yeah it's very liberal but at the same time you are a little bit disconnected from like the gun shooting dude that's in Texas right now you know yeah and then Trump on the other hand I feel like Trump is like the best con artist I've ever seen in my life oh, it's yeah. like this guy is at that same wine and cheese party but he knows how to put a trucker hat on and pretend that he's, like, one of us kind of thing, yeah. you know? And he just says, like, dumb things. Which I don't think he is. That's a dude that's never worked a real day in his life, doesn't really know, like, anything about anything, probably has never shot a gun, probably has never, like, you know, he would... If you were in any other country, he would have probably <laughs> died of exposure. Or, like, you yeah. know, like, he's not a dude with survival skills. Like, no. the way, like, dudes out there and, like... And like Texas, like farm boys are, you know. Like, we were like, talking about that earlier. Like if you like you were in Tehachapi or whatever, like yesterday, and like yeah. you said it started to get cold, and I was like, "Fuck that!" Like I can never be out like in, in the wilderness oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, like one of the things, like I was telling you earlier, this kind of story I told before we started recording, where like I work in an environment where, you, you know, like it's it's tougher than a Starbucks, or you know, stuff tougher than like it's not everybody can do this job just because it's it's so like testosterone fueled angry dudes and there's a lot of those i work with like probably i would say like 60 percent trump supporters and like 40 percent like mexican liberals and so like um now that i now that i work in that environment like i kind of i kind of get it a little bit like i get it in the sense that Hillary is really unrelatable, like, to those people. Like, to dudes that are like, I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to work on my hog rock this weekend. And, like, why the fuck would I care about anything? Like, Hillary is not what I relate to. I relate a little more to this dude that's talking about grabbing pussies and, like, getting drunk. (laughs) Like, that's somehow more relatable to them. Yeah. And, like, he's very pro-gun and he's very, like, you know, like, they all own guns. They all, like, you know, like, you know, they all drive motorcycles. Like, they like that environment, you know? And I've learned to appreciate that environment a little more as I've, as I've worked there. Like, you know, I really love motorcycles now. Like, I, that's my next, like, big thing that I want in my life since working there. Because I, I love I love it. I love the feel of yeah. it. Something I, I, I didn't before when I started working there because I was, like, maybe I was a little bit, like, naive and I was very, like, stereotypical liberal. But, um... I don't know. I, I You're right. They weren't listening to each other. No, they weren't. And I think, too, a thing that's going on right now to bring this conversation back to, you know, the whole, like, mass shooting, gun control thing is that I saw during the election 
is a lot of people were saying, well, all Obama wants to do is take our guns away. And I don't think anyone's trying to take guns away. Yeah. But like you said, I think it is very important that we know how to regulate this this thing. And the perfect analogy that I would make is kind of like weed. Yeah. Like, we can all, like, universally, like, say right now, like, as this generation, like, yeah. weed should probably be legal right now. And... Be legal? Legal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not illegal. <laughs> but, like, you still, like, have, like, that old generation that, you know, probably watched Reefer Madness in high school or whatever. Like, this county especially, like, where they outlawed, you know, like, um, dispensaries. Yeah. It might be legal in the state of California. Like, we voted on it last year to legalize marijuana. But this county won't allow any dispensaries to go, to, to come up. That's a shame. I, I, yeah, that's yeah. a shame on a different... And one of the things that I said immediately was like, hmm, that's funny that a lot of these, like, Second Amendmenters, they'll say, you know, their first argument, you know, when we talk about gun control is, is oh, you can put all these laws on there you want, you can ban as many go- guns as you want, but criminals aren't going to care about that. They're still going to get their guns. And... I flipped that argument around to that as well. I said, well, yeah, you can ban all the marijuana dispensaries you want, but, like, that's not going to stop anybody from fucking smoking weed. Yeah. And it's funny because they're saying this, we're we're saying the exact same thing, but from two different spectrums. And I I think we can all agree that, yeah, guns, no, guns shouldn't be straight up outlawed. You know, I'm not looking for that. Yeah. I consider myself a very liberal person. But I do want to make sure that, you know, responsible people have those guns, though. Um, exactly. Like, you I know, mean, it goes back to that whole, like... Like, marijuana, car. though, too. Like, I just want, like, to, to finish that thought is, like, I want responsible people smoking weed. Just like I want responsible people, you know, drinking alcohol. Yeah. Responsible people smoking tobacco. Like, you, you need if you're going to have this privilege, yeah. you know, you need to be responsible with it. You need to have it regulated. You know, there's weed isn't the same the weed that is being smoked now isn't the same weed that our parents smoked in the 70s or whatever like there's some like crazy ass shit there's some crazy ass edibles out there like one gummy bear can fuck you up for like a whole week or whatever and it's like the same thing with guns like the guns that were you know from 1777 76 like when you know you know when our country you know was you know incepted like those aren't the same guns that you know fucking are out now that can fucking kill 56 people from like 300 yards away or whatever like everything that like you still have that right to have it but we need to be more responsible with it yeah i I completely agree and i completely agree with with that weed thing like um i don't know i was just with some with with a girl i won't say her name but um um, like she went to go buy weed from a, a local dispensary who I guess got shut down in like the yeah. raids or something um, and like very easily like as soon as she went up to the door somebody's like hey that's closed but the owner still has all the weed in this trunk right here if you want to buy it so like <laughs> it was in, it was like yeah it's closed but you can't stop like it's still there whether you like it or not yeah so um sorry that's TMI and borderline illegal but um <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the way I feel about guns is the same way I feel about idiots who don't know what they're doing with their cars. The people that drive cars with the brakes about to go out, with, the, with like, tires about to, like, explode. I, I think it's it's a completely safety issue, issue thing. Like, we have laws now where you have to wear a seatbelt, like the click it or ticket law, you know? Yeah. 
and nobody bats an eye about that. Like, that's just the law of the land. Like, it feels like such a common sense law now. Yeah. Like, no one's saying you can't drive. They're just saying you can't drive without a seatbelt because when you crash, you're probably going to go through the windshield and die. Uh, I feel like, why can't we have those common sense laws with guns? No one's saying you can't have a gun, but if you're driving without a seatbelt or if you're driving drunk or, like, if you're driving, like, we need, we need laws that are actually going to matter. And we need to take actual steps that, that are going to matter. Because people are going to own guns whether you like it or not. Yeah. People are going to drink at bars and need to ride home whether you like it or not. But one of the things that putting those like DUI checkpoints never decreased people's interest in driving home at night. The biggest thing that solved that has been like the, the rise of Uber and the other, yeah. the other one. Positive, positive reinforcement. Yeah. So like now that Uber's a thing... Drinking and driving has gone down dramatically. Like, we just need to find these solutions. Like, there's solutions to problems. We just need to stop limiting ourselves to, like, well, we'll just keep, like, putting checkpoints. Or, like, you know, like... Because that didn't solve it. It didn't solve it for years up until, like, Uber happened. Yeah. But we it reduced it significantly. And, um... Same thing with gun laws. Like, you know, like... Yeah, we haven't solved it, but doesn't mean we shouldn't work on it. And yeah, these are constant reminders that we do need to work on them. I do think that, you know, people need to be safer with their guns. But at the same time, we also need to address that mental health thing we discussed earlier. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, um, to me, the biggest problem right there. You're going to... And Congress isn't helping much either because I think one of the first things that they um, fucking whittled away was, um, you know, if you have a mental illness, you can still have a gun. Yeah, and that's I think, ridiculous. To me. Yeah, and to me, like that's why. And they they did some law with it where it's just like it can never be repealed. Like that's just that's just the law of the land. Anybody can have a gun now, and it's just like so weird that you would want that and I think a lot of it has to do too with who has control of politics nowadays and it's not Democrat versus Republican because they both take out of the same pot you know plate you know um, what are they called Um, fuck I can't think right now my alpha brain's wearing off Um, (laughs) (laughs) fucking uh, those like advocates that go to Washington um, lobbyists yeah lobbyists yeah like you have a lot of lobbyists from like from the NRA you have a lot of lobbyists from you know all these big corporations or whatever that you know basically pull the strings you know of Congress, you know, and like that shit needs to stop, you yeah. know, like nobody should ever have incentive. Like, I work at a federal agency right now, and we can't even have, like, if you're like, if you had like a your niece, if she was selling chocolate to raise money to go to like Camp Keep or whatever, mm-hmm. I couldn't even have that in the building because it'd be too much of a quote unquote conflict of interest with our business, mm-hmm. business dealings. And it's a that's a federal fucking agency, right? Yeah, but Congress, they they can have paid fucking lobbyists on the floor of fucking congress you know dictating you know what laws get passed in this country dangerous ones like that you know like where you can be mentally ill and uh you can still have a fucking ar-15 and shit yeah the nra does write up laws and like hand them oh yeah definitely like here pass this law and then they'll get behind the law yeah i feel like that's you know that's a whole different like can of worms that we can get into with lobbyists and Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm totally against that as well because I, I feel like, you know, the people that we elect aren't even the people that are really in charge. It's like the lobbyists and the companies. Like the NRA puts so much money into these people's pockets that we're not even really voting for them. We're voting for like the lobbyists behind them. So like 
That's one of the reasons I wasn't a big Hillary person because she had a lot of people funding her, and I, I don't like that. But I think a lot of like of those like the more like liberal and people, such as myself, like more Green Party liberals, like that's why we didn't really like Hillary. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I could see that. I could see, I, and you know like she lost a lot of people on that aspect. Like this should have been a landslide election for her, but she couldn't pull it off. No. Well, because this shit like that. I mean, I'm sure we can go into that rabbit hole, too, about the whole yeah. Clintons and Podesta thing or whatever, but, like, um, I, I mean, I mean, where, 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 where do you stand as far as, like, people owning guns? Like, personally. Because I feel like that's where it stands. Like, like if you're, you're, you're either pro-choice or you're pro, um, um, pro-life or whatever, I think a lot of things what people look at, too, is, like, where you stand on the Second Amendment. Um, I uh, uh, let me give you a little background. So, uh, one of one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life was I was I went hunting with this with an ex girlfriend's dad once, and we went hunting for chuckers, which is like a little bird. It's like a quail, and that was one of the funnest experiences ever. So, ever since then, I've been very pro guns in the sense that like. If you want to own a gun to protect your house, if you want to own a, a gun to go hunting, I'm totally about that. And they had a bunch of guns in their house. They had shotguns. They had handguns. And I have nothing against that. Because those are very common sense weapons to me. I think if once you start having guns that are meant to go fucking destroy a village and like you know like once, millisecond yeah like once you have guns that are like meant to fight wars that's where i feel like you've crossed the line like i'm not saying you can't drive a car i'm just saying you can't drive a tank in the streets and that's kind of how i feel about things like i'm not trying to restrict you trying to feel safe in your home i feel like everyone has the right to do that but at the same time that's a weapon that's not meant for safety. It's not a weapon that's meant for hunting. It's a weapon that's only meant for one thing, and that's killing other humans. Yeah. And I feel like that's where you cross the line. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I feel like that's where I stand on it. I, I, I don't like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't and know. that goes back to what you said. It's very common sense laws. Like, no one wants to take your guns away, but why would you have to have, you know, those... Rambo guns, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, those things... <laughs> like, you're going to need, like, a feed of bullets to go into, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to need that. And a lot of people raise the question... Like, because I've, I've said that before, like, in my little, like... <laughs> when I go on those news sites and I, like, debate people. And they said, you know, well, the reason why the Second Amendment was written is because, you know, it's to protect yourself from the king from invading, you know, so that a militia, you know, could, you know, save, you know, the government from coming in or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I, to me, I feel like if the government's going to come in, they're going to come in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're not, they're not going to come in with a fucking tank. They're going to fucking um, get, hit you with shock and awe with the mother of all bombs and shit, you know? Like, it, it, it's a, a fucking, no matter what gun you have, you're not going to be able to outfight, you know, this government, you know? Yeah. And... For me personally, um, it goes back to listening to both sides. Um, and I've tried to, to look at it, you know, through very balanced eyes here. We're city folk. Like, it goes back to our conversation earlier before we started recording. Like, you went up to Tachapi yesterday, and you were out in the mountains and stuff, and it started to get dark, started to get cold, and you saw all these campers out there and stuff, and you're like, fuck that, I'm out of there. Me and you, we're city people. You know, my family's from L.A., you know, very 
city oriented and this area of california is very liberal Mm -hmm. and when we think of guns we think especially our generation we think of the cover of straight out of compton when we hear gun we think you know somebody like a gang member with like a pistol or something like that or a ak or whatever like some you know gangster is gonna you know rob a bank with a gun or whatever that's what we visualize as people in our area but people you know who live you know somewhere in kentucky rural kentucky um they're looking at guns from a different angle and in america i mean i you've you've flown to chicago you know i've flown to new york and canada all over canada or whatever a lot of north america is very rural and when you live out in the country like that a gun is going to mean something different you know gun isn't going to be um, the cover of Straight Outta Compton, basically. Yeah. It, a gun is going to be something that's going to be essential to you know, you know, hunting for your next meal. Uh, yeah. Gun is going to be essential from protecting your family, not only from you know, uh, a stranger. You know, because a lot of rural areas, like anybody that's a stranger, like you shouldn't belong in that town or yeah. whatever. Because a lot of smaller towns, like you know, everybody knows everybody, and if you're a stranger, you know, hey, that's the only way to protect yourself is you know to say hey you don't belong here kind of thing mm-hmm. you got no business here <clears throat> but you know a gun's gonna be different being different somewhere that's rural and i think that's where like that divide happens as well where somebody in rural kentucky you know that owns a shotgun to protect his family and you know hunt deer you know in november is gonna see it through different eyes than somebody that you know is from los angeles that only knows guns from fucking you know the neighborhood drug dealer or whatever so yeah. i think that's where we need to start you know looking through each other's eyes yeah, I do think that, um, well, I mean, like, you brought up Chicago, and, like, Chicago does have, like, the highest murder rate in any other place in the United South States. Chicago, yeah. South Chicago, <laughs> once you cross that line. Detroit, too, yeah. Yeah, they have pretty high murder rates, and they have, like, heavy-duty weapons there, and that's when I think a lot of people make that argument, like, well, people are going to get guns no matter what, and it's like, yeah, I get it, but at the same time going back to that drinking and dragging argument people are going to drink and drive no matter what oh yeah but the thing that solved the drink the thing that decreased it was not checkpoints it was uber so like if we can find i'm not saying that there's an uber equivalent like <laughs> for guns yeah like we just need to get to that point where like we have to like be smarter than than criminals or whatever like mm-hmm. i don't know we just because like it's gonna happen doesn't mean we have to stop thinking um, mm-hmm. ways to solve issues. So I don't know. That's where I stand with guns. I, I and then like there's dudes in like rural Texas that own like machine guns that just go shooting. Oh yeah. But there's dudes here. There's like dudes that like that like I know here in Bakersfield that own like machine guns. Like um, there's dudes that I work with that own like fucking machine guns. Like there's just like it's just it's. I feel like that's a very common place now, like, to own that. Like, you don't just want to own a badass gun. You want to own the fucking, like, badass fucking thing. And that's really common here. Like, those dudes go out and, like, shooting out and, like, and, like they'll bring out, like, like they're very, like, they're very out in the open about the guns that they recently purchased. Um, and, like, I work with those dudes. It's, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't scare me. I do view it differently because I think that they're, like, you know, like, they're, they kind of, they kind of, like, throw on the tag of, like, being a redneck on themselves, you know? It means something different to them. I get it. Like, I, I get that aspect of it, you know? Like, I, I get that. That's, that, I don't view them as, like, as bad people. 
I just, you know, like, and they're obviously shooting for more of a sport element, mm-hmm. kind of like, they also like building very, like, one of the dudes, uh, what are those cars that are just meant to crash into other cars? Like, oh, like derby cars? Yeah, he, owns, he has like a derby car that he works on all the time. Like, they have a very different mentality of like... To me, I think that's just like a testosterone thing. Like, guys, like, we just do and get into stupid stuff. Like, I remember somebody at work, a lady at work asked me, she was, why are you so into like wrestling and UFC? And I was like, well, there is an art to it, but to me as a guy, like, there's nothing, you know more fun than you know watching like a good fight go down or yeah. whatever and i've always felt like that and the only reason the only way i can like describe that is testosterone you know yeah you know you don't see you know somebody with a lot of estrogen you know going through their body like you know getting into these types of things you know yeah. it's, it's it's the hormone you know testosterone is a hell of a hormone yeah I don't quote know, rick I, james i just i just like really like i know that there's people that like own those guns and own them responsibly and that's cool. I'm glad they're being responsible about it. But I always just make for the argument that you can't stop trying to solve problems. Like, Oh, yeah. Whether you like to admit it or not, you know, talking to the vague audience, like whoever's listening to this, it is a problem. Mass shootings are on the rise. They're at an all-time high. So mm-hmm. it is a problem. And if you're not trying to address it, then you're just fooling yourself. Yeah. So that's it. That's my thought on that. Well, that said, you got anything else? <laughs> That's it, man. Spurs won tonight. I think shout the Lakers to, did too. Let me shout out to San Antonio. Yeah, but man, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess it means more of San Antonio. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, guys, <laughs> I see. I'm 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 guilty of that too. I couldn't wait to see if the Lakers won or not. Uh-huh. And overshadow that. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm part we'll of the do a Lonzo Ball episode. If you want. No, I don't want to do a Lonzo Ball <laughs> episode. I hate that guy. I hate that guy too. He sucks. I'll be honest with you. Like, base, best case scenario, he's uh, Rajon Rondo. I've been saying that. Since I don't even day think he's one. that good. Since day one, I think base, best case scenario, he's Rajon Rondo. No, you know this is my thing. And when I used to play video games, like I'd always have a wrestling video game and a basketball video game, like whatever the newest edition was. And anytime I had like the basketball video game, I'd always like create my own team, and I always start off with Shaq, and I'd always have to have like a shooting guard, uh-huh. like a Kobe-ish kind of player, yeah. and I always have to have like a, a point guard that just handled the ball and dished it off to one of those two players, and that's all I see Lonzo Ball is. He's just a ball handler that's gonna dish off to fucking to Shaq or a Kobe. Well, that's what I mean, like. You look at his, his like assist numbers, and maybe this is like an episode. We could do an NBA episode now that the NBA season's like going on, but um, yeah. um, but yeah, like I think that he's a dude that like he's pretty good at the assists. He definitely has an eye for the court, yeah. and I'll give him credit in that. And that's why I mean, like Rajon Rondo has an eye for the court as well. Yeah. Problem with Rajon Rondo is that well, actually this is kind of weird. Uh, Rajon Rondo has like no outside three. This guy has an. Eh three but he's not a scorer and i thought rajon rondo was a pretty good defender not a great defender but pretty good this guy has no defense no. i feel like everybody's like putting up every decent point guard that goes against them looks like an all-star against him to the point where i think i was watching that uh portland trail Boys oh, game God, yeah and um i thought it was like so obvious so they put brandon brandon ingram on on uh, <laughs> yeah on him and like Damn brandon ingram is like He's like his his defense is like suspect as fuck, but I do think that he's like the only dude on there that has like potential to become like superstar. 
I think Brooke Lopez is, uh, is already maxed out at where he's at. Yeah. You know what we're going to get at him. He's basically like a younger version of Paul Gasol or something. Um, so, like, but they put Brandon Ingram on there. His biggest weakness is that his defense is, like, suspect. And so they put him on there, and it's like, wait, why, are, why don't you have your point guard on your point guard? And so it was, like, all these, like, what the fuck kind of moments. I was like, <laughs> whatever. Like, that's kind of, like, shows you, like, I have no trust in this dude. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. Yeah. They so. should have put, um, who's, uh, who's the power forward on that team? Like, Ron, something with an R. Oh, Julius Randle? Julius Randle. He's pretty good. I yeah. like him. He, he'll probably be gone in free agency, though. I think they've already upset him enough. Like, really? Yeah. They're putting all the, just the, um, the chips on Lonzo, and you can tell he's not very happy about that, so, um. Well, you hear that buzzer? I guess that means this podcast is over. Podcast over. But <laughs> anyways, guys, uh, continue to sh- like and share this uh, podcast. Um, I want to give a shout-out to somebody. He actually shouted us out on, on his podcast, and um, I want to give him a shout-out. I probably should have done that at the beginning of the podcast, but right. oh well. But um, the Blizzard of Wizard, thank you for shouting us out. Uh, big not, fan. Yeah. Blizzard big, of Wizard. Yeah, thank you for shouting us out. Um, subscribe on iTunes and uh, we'll see you next week everybody later bye
All these hundreds in here, you can't find you one. I want, uh, one, yeah. So we gonna do, we gonna do. We gonna slam these right here, uh, and then I'm gonna talk to Tisha Campbell. <laughs> you gonna go find your wife? Yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm finding my wife. Bye, dog. Come on. Dang. I'm sick of being alone.